we are talking about sex God's way. So I just wanted to welcome you if you're here. Uh, we're talking about sex in the context of a biblical marriage between a husband and a wife. If you are having sex right now outside of marriage or you're living a homosexual lifestyle right now, I first want to say we are so glad that you are here. And the bridge is a place where you can belong before you believe. However, God wants the best for you, and we can find what that is in the Bible. I want to thank my wife, Sabrina, for her guidance this week. Uh, she's a little nervous on what I'm going to say throughout this series because she never knows what I'm going to say, and I never know what I'm going to say. Uh, so uh, just keep her in your prayers uh, this month. Sex can be a little uncomfortable to talk about. I, I realize that, and I uh, totally understand how you feel. I just want to let you know that my in-laws are in the room right now listening to this sermon, so that's awkward. Uh, <laughs> My, uh, my parents also like me to send them to the CDs to the series as well, whatever I'm doing. So uh, mom and dad, if you're listening, um, don't listen to this in the car. Just listen to it probably at home in the kitchen or something. So uh, if more sex was ha is happening in marriages at the end of this series, then we've done our job. We've done our job. Um, you know, it's a good thing that we got this kids expansion coming soon because we're doubling our nursery. So, hey, have some fun. Have some fun this month. I, I do want to let you know that a little miracle that God did with the Bridge Kids expansion. So um, many of you know that we are um, uh, growing uh, out of this facility and, and our kids are, are packed out in those rooms. So we are doing a kids expansion here at our Goldsboro location. Now, it was supposed to be at a storefront next uh, to Delmas Hardware over there. And we were about ready to sign the lease, and God did a miracle, and there was a fire two stores down, the TV store. I promise I did not set that fire, okay? Um, and uh, we are actually going to be moving in that one. Two stores down, construction has started, we'll be under the same overhang. Isn't God awesome how he does that, man? You guys gave over $40,000 in October for us to do that, and you, you took a step of faith, and God honored that, and uh, man, they're, they're moving, moving along in that. Uh, the guys working on that all week, all week long, so uh, you know, I don't want to give a, necessarily a time when it's going to be done, because you never know what gets hung up, but, but they're moving. We're hoping to be in it before Easter, but if not, then that's okay. God's timing is perfect, and we'll just open that up right after Easter as well. We have a couple books in our bookstore today that I want to let you guys know uh, that we'll have actually throughout the month. The first one is uh, Love, Sex, and a Lasting Relationship by Chip Ingram. Chip Ingram, he's a great, uh, great author, so check that out. And then we have another one that's called Great Parents, Lousy Lovers by Gary Smalley and Ted Cunningham. And I'm pretty shocked. It's only $3.00. Uh, I, I bought this book about a year or so ago and paid a lot more than $3 for that. So that's a great read, especially if you've got young kids. So, uh, so check that out. If we run out, just have them get your name. We'll order, you, order some more books because uh, we want to get those in your hands. We don't make any money on that. They're just resources that we want to put in your hands. Uh, social media, if you're on that, it's hashtag SexGodsWay. Uh, now, we're always very careful on what we do for the hashtag because... Uh, 
When you put something there, you never know what you're going to find. So Sex God's Way is a pretty safe one. Uh, so if you look that up, you can see d- different sermon notes uh, that what people are, what, what's, what people, what God is speaking to people's hearts this series. Sermon notes info at bridgechurch.cc, and we will send you uh, the notes. Of course, Pastor Farrell preaches here on Thursdays, and I preach on Sundays. It's a pretty similar message. There are some differences as well. Uh, he tells a little bit more uh, Andy Griffin show jokes. Uh, I tell a little bit more jokes people my age. So uh, we are doing a four-part series. Number one, understanding your wife's needs. Uh, n- second week, we're talking about understanding your husband's needs. So that message next week will be about five minutes. You guys will be in and out here in no time. <laughs> week three, multitasking, how to be a parent and a lover. Uh, Sabrina and I are actually tag teaming that message, so you won't want to miss that. And uh, really looking forward to having her on stage with me. The fourth week is directed towards singles. So singles, we haven't forgot about you, uh, but that, that, that's what's going to be the fourth week. If you're an adult, you can learn something from all four parts. And so I encourage you to come, no matter what stage in life you're at. Maybe you have someone that's, maybe you have a friend or a family member that's in a different stage, and you can give, some, give them some encouraging words as well. I'm glad to be a part of a church that is willing to talk about tough subjects. Are you? Uh, we've already got a few nasty emails. Uh, some people didn't like the sign that I put out by the road. That's okay, uh, because we're not afraid to talk about what people are struggling with. And we're not, talking about, we're not afraid to talk about what's relevant as well. Uh, one of the biggest struggles married couples have is their love life. That's just a fact. And as a pastor for the last 15 years, sex is one of the most common issues I have dealt with with couples and individuals. I think confusion about sex among Christians is because the topic has been taboo in the local church. The church has allowed a secular, godless culture to define what a healthy sexual relationship looks like. Sex is God's idea and what an awesome idea it was. Yet the church has been virtually silent on the topic. And this has allowed the enemy to convince us that sex his way is the right way. The average local church has avoided this subject altogether, or it has presented the topic in such a way as to imprison people, even married people, in guilt and shame. Sexual pleasure in marriage is not a sin as long as it honors God and the other person. Some people think that if I'm enjoying sex and I'm married, it must not be honoring to God, which is totally false. Everywhere we turn, everywhere we go, everywhere we look, there are sexual images all around us. If you go on the internet, and even if you're looking at a news website, there's images that pop up on the side. There's images that pop up right in the middle of whatever, whatever it is you're reading. TV, my goodness, man, the, the filth that's on TV, especially at night, it's, it's, like, it's, it's unbelievable what, what's, on, what's on that TV anymore. That's why my wife and I strictly, for the most part, stick with football and home shows on HGTV. You're pretty safe with those two. 
Um, I will encourage you guys, if you're not on Right Now Media, if you go to the bridge, even if you've attended the bridge one time, you have access to Right Now Media. That is basically the Netflix of Bible studies. Really encourage you, just, just uh, send an email to info at bridgechurch.cc, and we will um, get you a subscription to that. We pay a monthly fee, but it's really worth it. And um, you can watch studies with your spouse at nights. Watch something that's edifying, something that's going to uh, uh, pour into your marriage in a healthy way. Uh, you know, if you go to a grocery store now these days, especially by the checkout line, all the magazines, I mean, it's like, it's like soft porn. It really is. And I'm, I always got to be like looking away. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that. Um, now we have sexting as well. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's been issues with that uh, that, I've, that have, helped de- have, have had to dealt with, deal with, with, uh, with people uh, that, have, that have come to me and have, have, made, have made it just a, a dumb mistake. We become numb to it, though. And on the other hand, especially with men, there is an unrelenting war with temptation. Now, women struggle with comparing. That's one of their biggest struggles. Women, they just compare. Men struggle with fantasizing. And it doesn't take very long for our minds to go off in a place that it shouldn't be. So we need to pray for each other, all right? There's easy access to free pornography is making men incapable of a deep emotional connection with women. Pornography is not only destroying current marriages, it is destroying future marriages. And our children are exposed to this filth. And you talk about rewiring your brain. When a child is exposed to pornography without God's healing, their life can be permanently and deeply damaged. And I, and I know for me, um, I, the first time I saw um, a pornography ma- magazine, it was, I was, it was a Playboy magazine, and I think I was like in sixth grade. And it was one of my, one of my friends, uh, he, had a, he had an older brother, and, and I just, that's one of the first times, you know, I, st- I started seeing that stuff. But if you're not rewired and there's, and if there's healing that, that doesn't take place, there can be permanent and deep damage that is done, resulting in a distorted view of a healthy physical relationship between a man and a woman. Several years ago, I heard from a child who said, with much embarrassment, my dad gets up early in the morning to drink coffee and look at porn before he goes to work. He thinks no one in our family knows about his secret, but I know. Listen, dads, if you're struggling with it, your family probably already knows whether you have brought it to light or not. And if you haven't brought it to the light, you need to bring it to the light because, because the enemy can use that to destroy your marriage. And he can use that to destroy your family. So whatever it is, let's not hide that in the dark anymore. All right? I have seen just as much or more devastation come to people's lives because of destructive sexual habits than I have seen from drugs and alcohol combined as a pastor. The problem is that addiction to these destructive sexual habits is a silent epidemic. And this silent epidemic is growing like wildfire because we are ashamed to talk about it. We also see clearly in the sexual dysfunction of marriages, many of these are couples in church and couples that attend the bridge. 
So in this series, we're going to study God's plan for you in relation to physical intimacy with your spouse and just how wonderful God has made sex for married couples to enjoy. Sex isn't something that creeped up on God. He is the author of it. He created it. And just like everything else, something God created, the world has abused. It was God's idea from the beginning. This series, we're going to flood this place with God's truth to help clear up confusion. God has a lot to say about sex. He has wonderful things to say about sex. He has strong warnings about the wrong kind of sex. There is good sex, bad sex, fulfilling sex, destructive sex, and God clearly teaches us the difference. With many people in the world, our experience in their lives today is very destructive. So some questions that we're going to answer throughout this series. And excuse me, guys, I got a little bit of cough, but, uh, so I may have to mute this thing throughout. What is God's plan for sex? We're going to answer that. Who is sex for? How can our sexual desires become so destructive? What makes for the best and most meaningful sex? What does God say about sex and singleness? How do I overcome my sexual past and the sexual mistakes I've made? And uh, that's going to be a pretty real and raw uh, series in that. How do I deal with sexual temptation? These are just some of the questions I know people are dealing with that we're going to answer in this series. Our goal in this series is to not humiliate anyone. Our goal is to help you. Our goal is to help you. We encourage you to bring your friends and family to this series because they are dealing with the same issues. I guarantee it. And if they can't attend, they can watch it online, live or recorded messages. Uh, we, d- we did have a, a couple in Florida that doesn't even attend the bridge that heard that our church is talking about this, and they're watching right now uh, as we speak. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to start today with some lessons for the husbands and what they need to learn about their wives. Ladies, can I get an amen? Okay, some of you excited. Some of you are not. I personally do not have this all figured out. Just ask my wife. Uh, I'm learning with you, and what I challenge the fellas today, I am also challenging myself. My wife may even put my sermon notes on the walls in the house just to remind me of what I talked about. The Song of Solomon teaches husbands and future husbands, some great lessons about how to love your wife and how to express that love in a healthy sexual relationship. Number one, men, your wife wants to to be pursued. Your wife wants to be pursued. Fellas, you might want to take some notes, just saying. Pursue your wife. Pursue your wife. I'm not talking about those cheesy pickup lines, you know, like if, is your name Wi-Fi because I'm feeling a connection? Like, or, or probably don't say, if you were a transformer, you'd be Optimus Fine. Like, it's probably not going to do anything for her at all. A wise man understands 
that a woman wants to be pursued? Why would a woman want to enter into an intimate relationship with a man who hasn't proved his desire for her? In Song of Solomon, chapter 710, the wife declares, I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. His desire is for me. In chapter 4, 1 through 11, first, he works hard to get her attention. And he knows the best way to do that is to praise her beauty. In verse 12, it says, a garden locked and a fountain sealed. In other words, he knows that, that she's not readily available to him whenever he feels like it. This is a reason we see in the Song of Solomon the man constantly seeking her attention by praising her. A woman wants to know you desire her and she wants to feel special. Your wife needs to be your standard of beauty. When is the last time you told your wife she is beautiful? When's the last time you said that? Now, Noel, uh, my little girl, she just turned three today, and also Cash turned five today, so they have birthdays on the same day. So, um, and then my son's <clears throat> grade and his birthday is uh, in a few weeks, and then Declan, he went rogue on us. His birthday's next month in March. So we have three of our kids' birthdays are in February, so yes, May and June are also a good time of the year for us as well. But, <laughs> took a little bit, it's okay. Um, my little girl is three years old, and just the other day, she comes up to me and she says, Daddy, do you think I'm pretty? She's three years old, and she's asking me that question. And I was like, honey, not only do I think you are pretty, I think you are beautiful. I think you are beautiful. So at three years old, she's wanting affirmation. She's wanting that. And daddies, your daughter is watching how you pursue their mommy. And that's the kind of guy that they're going to want when they get older. So, if, so dads, if you want your daughters to be pursued by her husband... You better start pursuing her now. You better start affirming her now. Because what you say to her means so much that you don't even realize how important it is. You know, my wife, when I tell my wife she's beautiful, we've been married a decade. That sounds like a lot. Uh, but when I, even now, when I tell my wife she's beautiful, she blushes. She blushes. I love that, man. I love that I, I can still make my wife blush. Um, I saw a bunch of you guys, and I, see, I know some, some fathers in here um, today, that last night you guys took your daughter to the uh, daddy-daughter dance at the YMCA, and I uh, loved seeing those pictures of, of your girls, so keep pursuing their hearts um, as well. But, um, <clears throat> you know, whatever you need to do, you know, I think you need to have some daddy-daughter dates uh, as well, and and moms, if you got boys, you need to have some mom-son dates as well, where, where they just get your attention. Um, you know, and if, and, if, and if 
you have several kids, you know, it's just tough. It's just tough to give your kids individual attention, but it's so important, and they need that. It's impossible to experience the intimacy God intended in marriage if you aren't sure how your spouse feels about you. Your spouse needs to know how they feel about you. A vast majority of women don't feel beautiful. Our ladies are bombarded with what media and culture says is beautiful. A lot of times during sex, a wife will want the lights turned down low since they are so, incons- so ins- insecure about their bodies. The more your wife believes you feel she is beautiful, the more she is likely to give herself to you. I say I'm going to be real here. It's getting warm in here. Getting a little warm in here. Men, you pursued your wife while you were dating her, and just because you said do, I do, and got the girl, doesn't mean you stopped pursuing her. Send her a text message, send her flowers, surprise her at work and take her out to lunch, post on Facebook how special she is, making it public, leave a post-it note on the mirror, plan a date yourself instead of making her have the responsibility of planning the date, plan a date yourself and take her somewhere else other than Bojangles. You know, it's not very romantic. The creativity you had while you're dating her is still there. It's still in you. I know it is. This guy uh, in Song Song Solomon, in chapter 7, verse 1, says, How beautiful are your feet in sandals. Men, if she gets a new pair of shoes... Let her know how good they look. Listen, this guy pays attention to the details of his lover. That's what this is about. Your wife cares that you pay attention about the details in her life. Because that makes her feel valued. It makes her feel loved. It makes her feel important. It's our job as a man to pursue our wife with our words and actions. Husbands, you need to ask your wife what makes her feel loved, valued, and important. Ask her that. When you get home, ask her, honey, what makes you feel loved, valued, and important? Because it may not be what you think it is, and you need to know that. You need to be a student of your wife. Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages, and we actually go through that in Discovery next week, so I encourage you to sign up for Discovery next Sunday. Lunch will be provided. Uh, It'll be a great opportunity for you to get to know uh, your love languages, your personality, your spiritual gifts, your passions. We'll provide child care as well. You can go online, uh, bridgechurch.cc. Just click on the Next Step tab and sign up for Discovery. He talks about five things, love languages. Words of affirmation. Acts of service, receiving gifts, physical touch, 
and quality time. Those are the five love languages that he focuses on. You can find those online as well, and it kind of breaks it down. Now, your, your wife may have several love languages, but she may have one that's like the dominant one, one that's the really strong one. My wife's is quality time. She loves, my, my wife Sabrina loves when I just sit down, spend time, and talk with her. Or just sit down and, and watch a show, whatever it is. Now, my, one of my love language is acts of service. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a little type A. I know you're kind of surprised by that. But I'm like all over the place. And, and I just really have a hard time just sitting down. And, uh, I mean, I'm tracking my steps, man. I'm like, I'm like over 10,000 steps every single day. Uh, that's why I'm also probably th- the way I'm, I look because I'm really small and, and I'm always on the move. But, um, but my wife's love language is quality time. And so I need, to, even though I, I, think, I think with quality time, I think the older you get, a lot of times people's love language, if it's not quality time, it kind of turns into quality time because the older you get and the more that you, the more that you realize that you don't have time left, the more you realize how important time is and you want it to be quality time. I think I, say, I do see that a lot. But I'm really glad that my wife's love language is not receiving gifts, especially since I'm a pastor. I think of a Kenny Loggins song. And even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with you, honey. That's, yeah? That's a good song. Some of you have no clue who Kenny Loggins is. Listen, man, if you grew up in the 70s or 80s, you know who Kenny Loggins is. Um, You may say, you may say, we can't afford getting a babysitter and to go on a date. Listen, you can't afford not to do that. You had money to buy that new 60-inch 4K flat screen for today's game or hunting equipment, or new rims for your car, you need to have a date night at least once a a month and budget for it. You always find time and money to do what you want to do and spend what you want to spend, right? You're saying, well, doesn't it get boring just pursuing the same person your your whole life? You know, doesn't doesn't it get boring pursuing your wife? No, because a woman is never the same person. (laughs) Listen, because what worked on Monday is not going to work on Tuesday. Good luck. Good luck trying to figure her out. It's a lifetime process, man. Number two, foreplay all day. Foreplay all day. Now, my wife and I, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're a little bit different, um, I'm a little bit more of the woman in our relationship. <laughs> if we got any guys that are like, you know, just like me, like when my wife washes the dishes, like that's hot to me. It really is. Like when the house is clean and I get home from work, I'm like, man, all right, all right. But um, my wife really doesn't care about that stuff. You know, I mean, she likes, you know, she does a great job keeping up her house, especially, you know, being a stay-at-home mom and also working from our home as well, running, uh, running a business full-time. She does a great job. But you need to do foreplay throughout the day. Um, you need to give touches throughout the day. You know, like if, if, she's, if she's washing the dishes, 
or cooking dinner, just walk by and just give a little brush on the back. That goes a long way. goes a long way. Um, don't try to give her a brush on the back and then try to make out with her <laughs> because you're not going to get busy in the kitchen anymore. That may have happened the first year of marriage, but now it's pretty much limited to the bedroom. All right? Uh, ask her about her day. Ask her about her day. But ladies, listen. When the man gets home and you ask him about his day, the answer you're probably going to get is, it was fine. We don't want to talk about her day. All right? We just got home from work. We don't want to talk about work. So we're probably just going to tell you, it was okay. It was fine. So please don't push us. We don't want to tell you any more, at least at that moment. We may or may not tell you a little bit more about our day later on, but we need some time. We need some time to unwind. Um, ladies, if we ask you about your day, okay, because we're, try, we're trying here. We're going we're gonna to try to do a better job of asking you about your day, but please give us the cliff note version. <laughs> All right? We probably don't need to know that baby Fletcher had a hangnail on his toe that you had to remove. All right? Like, we don't, you know, just give us the bullet points. All right? We're, you know, we need to kind of meet in the middle here as husband and wives. Foreplay begins in the morning. You know, it takes time. A home-cooked meal takes all day to prepare. And that tastes a lot better than a Hot Pocket, doesn't it? You can't live off of Hot Pockets, all right? Um, you know, I was living off, off of uh, Hot Pockets, literally, living off of Hot Pockets, and, uh, and I was like 160 pounds when my wife and I got married, and, uh, and so, you know, when I was done eating all that bachelor food, but you can't live off of Hot Pockets in your marriage. You can't live off of Hot Pockets in your sex life, all right? Like, quickies are okay, but you, you can't be living off that. You know, I mean, you need a good home-cooked meal that's been prepared all day long. And fellas, when you get home from work, it's not time to sit on the couch and turn the TV on. You have to work just as hard, if not harder, being a husband and a dad than at your day job. Listen, I played uh, football in high school, and... You know what we did when the fourth quarter came out? You, you, you gave it your all for those three quarters. And I played offense and defense both ways. And I was in the best shape of my life. But when the fourth quarter came, everyone in the sidelines raised up, raised up four fingers. And what, what that meant is that it was the fourth quarter. We got one quarter left. You give it your all. And you lay it all on the line. Husbands, when you get home from work, it's the fourth quarter. It's not a time for you to kick up, kick up your feet and, you know, get out the bonbons and watch TV. All right? It's fourth quarter when you get home. 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. is the most stressful three hours of the entire day, especially if you have young kids. 5 to 8 p.m. You got, you got bedtime. I mean, well, you got to have dinner first. You have dinner, dinner time. You have uh, homework with the kids. You got to give them a shower, brush their teeth, get their pajamas on, tuck them in. Someone always wants a glass of water, whatever it is. Husbands, I guarantee you, if you give a little more attention from 5 to 8 p.m., 
she's going to give you a little bit more attention at night. 5 to 8 p.m., ask God to give you strength and to be attentive to your wife's needs when you get home. I understand, man, it's exhausting. You know what? But she's exhausted too because she's had a long day as well. So set time aside and plan for it. You know, husbands are pretty much ready to go all day and all night. It don't take much. But asking your wife to have sex at midnight is probably not the best time. She is exhausted and, and, and just ready to go to bed. So plan that out a little bit. You know, if you got to put it on, whatever you guys got to do. Um, if you and your wife got to put it on your day planner, feel free. Do that. I don't care. Uh, I probably would not put it on the family calendar because that would be awkward for your kids. But, Mama, what's the what's the Unless you come up with a code word, code word or something like that. Um, serve your wife in the bedroom. When you make it about her pleasure first, I guarantee you, husbands, you will be blessed as well. Whenever either one of you <clears throat> worries exclusively about your own needs and you become selfish in the bedroom, it will ruin your intimacy. Husbands, if you make it all about your, all, all about your wife... And wives, you make it all about your husband's pleasure. You're both, that's a win-win situation for the both of you. Next one. Respect and be kind with your words. Listen. Some men talk to their dogs more lovingly than they talk to their very own wife. That's not right. It's not right. Husbands, we are one flesh with our wife. You are one flesh. There is no other relationship, no other human relationship that God describes in the Bible other than one flesh as far as husband and wife go. You are not one flesh with your kids. You are not one flesh with anyone else. You are one flesh with your spouse. And when you are harsh with your spouse, you are being harsh to yourself. If you are treating your spouse poorly, husbands, if you're treating your wife poorly, you're treating yourself poorly. One lady told her husband one day, she said, I just want you to treat me like you treat your coworkers. I just want you to treat me like you treat your coworkers. How sad is that? Like, not even better than your coworkers. Just treat me just like your coworkers. Because that's going to be better than what you're treating me right now as your, as your wife. Man, we have had a stressed out day at work, and we take it out on our wives. Listen, she had a stressful day, too, at work as well. Or being home with the kids, which is a full-time job in itself. Just, just let, her, let, her have the, let her have some time to herself, and you watch the kids all day long every once in a while, and it just make you appreciate all that she does. We snap at our wives, wives for no reason at all. We lash out at them. I see a, a Christian counselor an, an hour away every few months, and I have no shame telling people that I see a Christian counselor. I think everyone should see a Christian counselor. And um, Dr. M has, has helped me so much in the last year and a half and just works through, through some things. One of the things I struggle with is anger. Um, but 
just, just in general, I mean, you know, being a pastor, that's, that's a lot of responsibility, and, and he, just, he just helps me, and helps, he helps ask, ask the, the right questions, and he's very loving, but he doesn't hold back, and one of the things that we talked about is my anger. I asked him, uh, I shared one time a few months ago about, you know, that I was starting to creep back up again, and, and I was starting to just be angry, and you know what he said to me? He said, Jeremy, just stop justifying it. He said, your anger is just immaturity. You're just immature when you're, when you're angry. And, and he said, Jeremy, when you were a boy, when you were a little boy, you got angry and you made noise in the house. So you got people's attention. He said, but you're a man now, you're not a boy. Listen, your wife didn't marry a boy. She married a man. And you can justify why, you're, why you have all this anger, but you need to deal with it. You need to deal with it right now because it is affecting your wife. It is affecting your kids. Your kids shouldn't get scared to be at home when you get pissed off. All right? That, that you're not, you are not, uh, and I'm talking about myself here as well. We are not setting a tone at our house that is loving and encouraging whenever we get angry and we just lash out. That's got to stop. You are not honoring God when you do that. Would you be okay if your future son-in-law talked to your daughter the way that you talk to your wife right now? I guarantee you, you wouldn't. And I would not want, there's times where I would not want Noel's future husband, if, if God allows her to get, get, get married one day, there are times I would not want Noel's husband to talk to her the way that I talk to my wife sometimes. You need to have some accountability in your life. It's not okay. It's not okay. And you need to stop it right now. And I need to stop it right now. You say, well, you hear about how my wife talks to me? Listen, God made you the leader of your family. So you and I need to lead by example. Whatever she does, she, she does. But we're the leaders of our homes. And we set the tone. And you want to continue to just let anger spew in your house when your kids are small? Then don't be surprised when your kid is a teenager and talks back to you the way that you talk to them right now as a kid. It's quiet. You can't be a jerk to your wife throughout the day and expect her to get jiggy with it at night. It's not going to happen, man. One of the reasons why your love life stinks is because you treat your wife like crap. And that's not okay. Number four, last point, watch out for the foxes. Watch out for the foxes. Be aware of and guard against the enemies of your intimacy. Song of Solomon 2.15 says, The woman says to the man, Then you must protect me from the foxes. 
Foxes on the prowl, foxes who would like nothing better to do than to get into our flowering garden. Husbands, it's your job to protect your marriage as leaders. These little foxes, they can be distractions, which can spoil the vineyard, ruining the relationship between you and your wife. Some of those foxes could include resentment, apathy, poor communication. When you notice there is something creating distance between the two of you, don't ignore it. Listen, when you have a check engine light that comes on and you're inside your car, you better, you better check it. You better take it to AutoZone. You better take it to Gary from the bridge. He'll, he'll fix your car up. You better, you better check your car because it's a warning sign that something's wrong. And if you keep on driving it like that, you're about ready to be abandoned somewhere on Highway 70 or somewhere else. There are warning signs in your marriage right now that you're ignoring. And if you don't address those, your marriage could fall apart. Husbands and wives. I'm going to get some real in here. You're like, I don't know how much more real can get. Well, hold on. If your friends with an ex-girlfriend or boyfriend on Facebook, you need to unfriend them today. Today. I've known of several Christian marriages just this past year that have ended because messages were, were, were sent with an, with an old, with an ex. And it just starts off with just with a little conversation, and next thing you know, it's a full-blown affair. Don't justify and say, well, it's just a witnessing opportunity because I know Jesus and, and he doesn't. Or I know Jesus and she doesn't, and, and I really want them to come to Jesus. Listen, man, it's not your job to lead your ex to, to Jesus. God will, God will pro, 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 provide. You know, I'm getting all worked up here. God will provide someone to help bring them to Jesus, not you. What's more important to you? Your wife? What's more important to you? Your husband? Or an ex? What's more important to you? Your family, your spouse, and your kids? Or kindling an old flame that should be dead and buried? If you have to send a text message or a Facebook message to someone that is the opposite sex for work or whatever it is, attach your spouse to it. Attach your spouse to it. You, 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 should, you should be hiding nothing. Listen, my wife can check my phone, and she can check my email and Facebook anytime she wants, and I can check hers. You should have openness in your marriage. Keep these small foxes at bay through prayer, counseling, the Bible, good communication, regular date nights, or a wonderful weekend getaway. You need to get out of town, man. You need to get out of Goldsboro. You say, well, we don't have time or money to pursue each other. If you got a divorce from your spouse, you would find the time and money to spend with a new girlfriend or boyfriend. Don't tell me you don't have the money or the time because you will find the money and you will find the time. 
if you don't pursue your wife, someone else is going to pursue her. Wives, if you don't pursue your husband, some other girl is going to pursue him. And you can't get mad at your spouse if that happens because someone else is pursuing them better than you are. No one should pursue your spouse better than you. You can't get mad at them because you've allowed it to happen. You weren't protecting, and you let the foxes come in. Men, just ask your wife this week if she feels pursued, loved, respected, and protected. Ask her. Ask her those four things. Honey, do you feel pursued, loved, respected, and protected? Listen, and if you ask her that question, don't get ticked off and don't get defensive if she answers in a way that you don't like. Because if you're going to ask your spouse an honest question, then take an honest feedback. Quit being prideful. Ask God for forgiveness. Ask your wife for forgiveness. Seek wise counsel and make some changes right now. Right now. Men, stop hanging out with other men who treat their wives like garbage and talk bad about them all the time. Start being a godly husband and surround yourself with other men that are godly, that are, that are pursuing the things that honors God and that love their wives. Get, in, get involved in a home life group. We, ha, we, offer, we offer home life groups at both campuses. Be around other men. Do life with other men who are an encouragement to your life instead that are a negative to yourself and a negative to your marriage. Listen, Satan is telling you that it's too late. Satan says it's too late. You've already lost her. But it's not, man. Listen, if Jesus rose from the dead, he can save your marriage. He can save your marriage. Pursue your wife. Foreplay all day. Respect and be kind. And watch out for the foxes. Let's pray.